Hello, friends. Welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus of realities are my friends and fellow trans-dimensional beings, Beaches, Lumberdor, and Doug. This week, we decided to discuss Short Circuit, the 1986 American comedy science fiction film directed by John Bedham and written by S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock. It stars Ali Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg, Fisher Stevens, Austin Pendleton, and G.W. Bailey, with Tim Blaney as the voice of the robot named Number 5. If you happen to enjoy our transmissions from the Nexus and would like to support us, consider visiting our website at ourbinetcake.com. Short Circuit. I just want to say one thing about Short Circuit, which is, I don't know, I'm just, I'm this incredibly slow or daft. If I was reflecting on the movie, I'm like, well, why the hell did they call it Short Circuit anyway? And then I realized the entire movie is caused by a short circuit. Circuiting. <laughs> so <laughs> that's about how well I paid attention, I think. What I want to know is <laughs> I was are like, we, seriously? Are we to believe that his, his sentience is brought about by magic lightning? Or yes, like everything else, just like Thor, right? Or every what? other good what? 80s movie. Was it He's basically Thor? Life is created through lightning. Is that was is that a play that on his... Frankenstein? Is that what that is? Yeah, I think so. His programming mm-hmm. was his programming so good that uh the short circuit caused by the lightning, you know, once he was I guess rebooted and taken outside of his set of rules he was programmed that uh it allowed that to function. So, like, if the other uh, saint robots had, had had gone through the same thing, maybe they would have as well. Possibly. Instead of becoming the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're to believe that the way to accelerate a robot to sentience is to fry its computing. I just, I don't know. That's, that uh, seems counterproductive to me. Part of a time-honored yeah, <laughs> trope of uh, lightning bringing things to life. Frankenstein. Like we say, it's a Frankenstein moment, I guess. Yeah. I was very... Inc- it's one of those 80s movies where, like, like, like... weird science. Oh, weird yeah. science, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that oh was a combination gosh. of magic 80s lightning and magic 80s computers. <laughs> yeah, man. We created a biological life form with DOS. And ladies. <laughs> Where do I put sure. the floppy disk? That makes perfect sense. <laughs> like we don't even have a graphical interface for this thing, but we can make a woman. Okay. <laughs> makes you think that John Hughes has issues when you see that one. You're like, John, you okay, buddy? <laughs> it is. It's one of those 80s movies that it's like part for kids part extremely uncomfortable to watch <laughs> with kids <laughs> yes like most of the like i don't know i don't know how we're going to attack this but the bath scene made me very uncomfortable because i was i was thinking about was that like, with what? um what's his name gutenberg is that his name in this steve gutenberg yeah he's in the uh, police Crosby. academy great name yeah he's uh <laughs> he's in police academy and i was like thinking back it's like oh police academy's good movie and then like no, well, it's not. There's some, there's, <laughs> no, it's, well, I think I was more thinking about there's some, inappro- 
there's some more inappropriate scenes in that as well. Police Academy is a movie about. I enjoy, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's rough. Um, yeah. For the kiddies. I was just thinking about it, it in relation with the 80s and not everything's always kid appropriate, but then like it had an animated series after it. It, it did have yeah. an animated series and toys and everything, yeah. yeah. It's one of those. Oh my goodness. Yeah. These... And then people are like, hey, it was the 80s. Yeah, speaking of the bath scene, um, I've read several things that indicate that um, when this film had its first screening, they actually, um, the audience was very uncomfortable with these seemingly romantic scenes between uh, the robot and uh, Stephanie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they actually, that's some of the stuff they went in and took out. Oh, that was the edited version. Well, he like checks out her breast and says, nice software. And I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, is this no. before or after Howard the Duck? Because I mean, <laughs> has Howard, seen Howard the Duck at this level. point? You know? But apparently uh, the original cut had uh, longer hugs, uh, kissing. Was there kissing in this? When was the PG-13 rating established? For movies i think oh, that I think was that after was, temple of doom and gremlins i know i think that was in 1984 wasn't it possibly let's see yeah I, the, right. the pg-13 rating was introduced on july 1st 1984 with the advisory parents are strongly cautioned to give special guidance for attendance of children under 13 <laughs> what was the first what was the first pg-13 movie i wonder 1984 john millis war film red dawn <laughs> that would be a fun movie to do sometime <laughs> the sway yeah, that was um that was the first right that's swayze right yeah um mm-hmm. okay and this was 86 it also took me halfway through the movie to realize that that's the um the the that she was in the breakfast club <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot it, that. Uh, Molly Ringwald. She's the one. No, no, um, the one that was Stephanie, uh, Ali, whatever her name is. Ali Sheedy. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. she was the one that put the oh, pixie oh, stick yeah. on the sandwich and ate it. <laughs> she ate well, a I was talking about like how, I didn't realize that uh, the guy <laughs> that, that plays like the CEO or whatever is the same guy that was Max in the uh, Muppet movie. That <laughs> always kept following the the fried chicken guy around. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I didn't and, realize that. And we had a uh, police academy reunion with uh, Steve Gutenberg and and uh, what's it, G.W. Bailey? Yeah, yeah, Bailey. Yeah. yeah, playing virtually the same character. I say he's one of those guys that's just typecast as like a cop or military type. You know, his name always in watching the movie, I felt a little bit uncomfortable because I feel like they were mispronouncing um a body part every time they every time they said his name. I I think that that was intentional. And that's, I think so, but it stuck with me since I was a kid. Because that's one thing that I always remember is like, there he's just he doesn't have a good name. See, again with the kids movie, it's like let's name a character. <laughs> See, and I I still I still think that his best role was as Sergeant Rizzo in Mash. Oh yeah, he was the he was in charge of the motor pool oh. <laughs> for that thing. I remember that. <laughs> But yeah, this is a PG movie. <laughs> it is. It is. You could do more with a PG rating back then. You could. I, don't know. Oh, I yeah. think you could do more with a PG rating today. It, I don't know. <laughs> it just depends on the content. Was it just me or was it the exact same recycled footage uh, each time uh, number five uh, decided to drive a truck? 
Well, probably. They probably only did that once. Uh, that may have been what inspired Michael Bay to reuse all his footage for the Transformers movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, too. I was I was curious about, like, uh, I can't, shoot, I had notes. I can't think of the guy's name that uh, designed, but um, he worked on it with Sid Mead, who did the original concept art, which I found surprising. Okay, wow. Uh, I guess timing-wise, it makes sense with Alien and all that, but and uh, Blade Runner, but. I just, I never realized it. That's another good way to save money on your $9 million budget is to make the entire opening sequence just the uh, effects guys putting together your robots. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) Go get some footage of this. (laughs) (laughs) I have a vision. Oh, we're doing it anyway. You might as well use it. (laughs) Well, that's what the end credit was, is they just used whatever they hadn't used in the movie and threw it in there as a montage. (laughs) So like like we said, we have the life giving properties of light lightning, right? Mm-hmm. And th- and then once he's out and everything, like he accidentally kills a grasshopper, mm-hmm. and he learns what death is. And this movie seems to be about a robot coping with death, which is not yes <laughs> what I remember. There's a as reference. A kid. There's a reference to Wally. Uh, in that same scene where he runs over like the grasshopper, he runs over while he runs over his little bug friend, right? Just like uh, Short Circuit did as well. The cockroach, <laughs> except the cockroach. Uh, lit. Of course, he just was like, <laughs> pop back up. He was fine. This is yeah. the '80s. We kill the beloved pet bug. But this movie's like a weird robot woman, Steve Gutenberg love, love triangle, triangle. <laughs> plus. A robot discovering what death is and going through an existential crisis. <laughs> I like that he went through and read the entire encyclopedia too. I mean, who else would put that in a movie? And he Let's also all the encyclopedias. Um, he impersonates well, like John Wayne, Wayne a lot, the gangster. Or, like, we know what'll put. please the kids. Let's put the Duke in here as much as possible. Yes. The kids love the and Duke. also the Three Stooges. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we need 1930s <laughs> Three Stooges. We need the Duke. Kids will eat it up. Well, this is just classic uh, Looney Tunes comedy, right? Except yeah, when the Looney Tunes did it, it was... Uh, it was uh... Actually funny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back when Elmer Fudd had a gun. Yeah. As it were. Does he not have a gun now? No. In the new Looney Tunes, he does not have a gun. What the balls, Warner Brothers? <laughs> yep. I, I've been holding on to that one just to make you mad one week when it would come up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But what does he have? But wait, what gun. does he have? He has like a giant freaking like axe or something. It's a pitchfork or an axe or something. I don't remember. They're like a, it would be much better because, to watch because him. Because that's, that's more humane? To watch him dismember Bugs Bunny. Yes. I mean, he didn't always have a gun, but that's what he's known for, you know? <laughs> Okay. Didn't he always? Was, I mean, some of the character was was a hunter for the most part. I was mm-hmm. just saying though, for like some of the older like cartoons, like you know, it oh. wasn't every time he had it, but like yeah, he Wabbit was mainly known for and those carrying those a gun. Were, yeah, yeah. But gotcha. Yeah. I actually pulled one out by name somehow. I don't know. <laughs> That's what we did before school. Okay, we watched Looney Tunes. <laughs> did uh, anyone get a chance to watch the uh, Who Is Johnny music video? <laughs> no. um, there's a music so, video who is johnny uh i think was a pretty successful single by l debarge 
Um, and yeah, there's a music video. It's set in a courtroom <laughs> where Ali Sheedy does make an appearance as apparently the defendant, I think, with a cardboard cutout of Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. I wish I'd watch this now. They're like, Gutenberg won't show up and they go, well, how can we replace his stunning personality? Oh, a piece of cardboard should suffice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and thus, so is the rest of his career. And they made it so his mouth could move so he could sing along. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, man. And way Why late. Why you send this to me? Way late in the video. A treat for um, the senses. They were apparently allowed to use the uh, Johnny Five uh, arm so occasionally you'll see his arm pop up uh up from underneath a desk and switch out uh someone's uh, glasses or the the judge's gavel <laughs> Ooh, zany that's zany that mischievous scam i i'd say it's a pretty classic Wacky um <laughs> music video where they use clips from the movie and just whatever they could get to sort of reference the thing <laughs> and i like the song I like the song. I I don't know what it has to do with the movie, but it's, is there it's a nice name Johnny song. in the movie? Johnny, uh, Johnny oh, number five apparently names himself Johnny. Yeah, he names himself yeah. towards the end of the movie because that would be cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. This is another strange movie that mm, no. I did not remember. I wasn't sure how much you guys. I remember. I remember this clearly. I didn't. I didn't even have to watch this. See, I remembered parts of it, but I think I remembered more of the second movie just because it was on like. And that's I. I uh, knew there was cable a sequel, or TV or whatever. A lot, but more I didn't remember it as up. much. I, I remember uh, that the only member of the cast returns is uh, the uh, the the fake Indian in the room that we haven't discussed. Which I was totally fooled right. by that. Ben, <laughs> ben, I didn't uh, realize that was Ben Fisher or Fisher, whatever his name. Fisher is. His Stevens. Char- his character was Ben Stevens. Yeah, there we go. I saw I saw something where apparently like he and Aziz Ansari had some like discussion about this. I don't know if this was a podcast thing or something. Really, and, and, and not like in a contentious way, like more in like a way of just examining just the gulf between. Well, Aziz talked about parody being inappropriate or Aziz not casting even someone of the right Master race. Of none. There you go. Was it yeah. in that? And he he, he okay. talked about short circuit, uh, short circuit two, I think, on on that episode. And, um, and they they came to a mutual understanding of him needing being a broke actor and. <laughs> Just inappropriate kind of roles being written and offered at the time or something. What's funny is apparently Aziz, as a kid, really thought Fisher was an Indian. His portrayal was so good. Apparently he he really studied very hard to try to do it. Yeah. Some kind Um, of justice. I almost think the lines he was given were the more cringy part at times. I saw somewhere where there was was a a, uh, middle schooler having the hots for any lady yeah it was just... <laughs> you'll be feeling the heat in your pants or whatever it's like come on like give me a break my my favorite one was when they were going to go outside of the lab and he's like you you you're going to uh, spread your legs <laughs> just... like, wow <laughs> I hope my kid catches that line and wants to repeat it over and over. Just for company. Um, <laughs> I, 
I saw somewhere that um, at the time he he did such a good job that he was actually mistaken for a certain um, famous Bollywood actor that oh, had really? that had to put out a statement saying that no, he was not in the movie Short Circuit. Wow! Time before IMDb. Yeah, this is one I was like, man, I wish we'd had I mean, the his, internet his, when his we were younger. When this is came out, impressive. This is crazy. <laughs> Yes, he, he makes playing an Indian seem like a slice of dessert. <laughs> but I, I think um, maybe puts a little bit more class to it than uh, Peter Sellers' Chinese guy that he plays. Oh. It certainly, I thought of Peter Sellers, and I, and yeah. it was played in a, in a more dignified, less lampoony way, I guess. Yes. I thought that he did a, a fantastic job with his part and what... And what he was supposed to be doing with it. Yeah, it's it's more just the angle of like the jokes they wrote that just kind of make you like grit your teeth every now and again. But a little bit. The whole movie's that way yeah. in a sense. <laughs> the whole movie is a grit and bear it. <laughs> well, at times, at times you're just like, uh, they did that. If I'm being honest, <laughs> there's good moments you, too. If I had known back in the day that it was a white guy, I don't know that I would have thought anything about it. It's definitely yeah. uh I, I, I still don't care our our updated culture that's caused me to go <laughs> okay maybe they could have hired an indian guy to play the indian care but uh, of course they also uh it's been said that originally the character was supposed to be white that's why they hired a white guy and so at some point the movie and, like, point, and they just threw him a change for you oh, yeah geez. at some point they decided the character was too much like steve gutenberg's character so they wanted to make it different somehow we can't have two Gutenbergs. That's too many Gutenbergs. <laughs> That's too, too many. You can only have one Gutenberg per movie. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an 80s movie, too. My Gutenbergs. favorite, my personal yeah. favorite moment, my favorite moment. Like the, like, like the Corsican brothers. <laughs> number, number five escapes, right? The clutches of the military after they get him and he removes his tracking device and throws it in the bed of a truck driven by an elderly couple. And oh, driving down the road. yes. All the uh, military's there and stops him and they pull to a stop and they look at each other. And I just expected like the silly, like, oh dear, kind of reaction. Uh, and then the woman goes, you, I sure hope you hit the grass in the glove compartment. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's like, that's amazing. Just that I did not expect it at all. <laughs> I about died. <laughs> My favorite moment, in all, all of, favorite moment in all of Short Circuit right there. <laughs> I just loved loved him going around just saying input and just absorbing input. input 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 no disassemble the same guy who plays the voice of Frank the Pug in the Men in Black series uh, and number five I think number that five? may be all he's known for yes yeah oh. <laughs> an interesting nice nice yeah (laughs) if you have not seen this movie it's it's a strange one (laughs) my my favorite thing with it was the test of uh all the stuff happening in the movie you know they've seen this robot do all this miraculous stuff he's learned how to drive he's obviously developing a personality he's attracted to women and all this other stuff and the real (laughs) test to an uncomfortable degree is yeah. the thing that that seals the deal for the programmer is that um <laughs> he can make him laugh with a really bad joke, bad joke. 
that's this uh that's his version of a Turing test. <laughs> that was his Facebook quiz. There's there's the ketchup blob and he's he like describes what ketchup's made of. He's like, ha, that's a robot. And he's like, and it looks like a butterfly. He's like, that's not a robot. I'm like, I'm pretty sure a robot hey, can identify. Oh, the lot, yeah. A resemble. butterfly is. I don't know. In Marshalls versus the machines, we couldn't we couldn't identify between a dog, pig a pig, bread. and a loaf of bread. Yes. <laughs> I like how the robot also brings them together, but they're they're both really weird people that uh, somehow instantly decide on love. Not really that they've fallen in love, but they decide on love, but to still be joined with this robot and for her to have her her forty acres for all of her animals is is the sealing the deal there. Oh, so Stephanie between the <clears throat> between the, the the programmer and the and the activist. Stephanie's an interesting owner. character. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, once, an abusive boyfriend. <laughs> she runs yeah. some kind of a food truck. I think that would be her day job. But she's also yeah. the operator of an unofficial animal rescue center. But, but she draws the and, line at snakes. <laughs> but she also apparently leases her apartment or whatever house from some landlord lady who who would allow that many pets. Although the landlord's totally cool with the, uh, well, I know, it, just it's the sheriff. Though. Who would who would uh, <laughs> allow that many pets? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I didn't quite understand what was going on until you know you get inside, then you see, oh, there's more animals going because I yeah. I saw the you know I clocked the raccoon on the porch. It's like, oh, there's a raccoon there for some, and then she walks over to it and is you know being sweet with it. Like, oh, I guess it's a pet raccoon. <laughs> and, and then it just got out of control. She's like, oh, my boys. Snow White, you know? I, I watched this yeah. with me and kept pointing out all the different animals that he saw throughout the movie. <laughs> I think this is all meant to be a convoluted sort of an explanation as to why she would take uh, number five in and defend him and care for him because she just has a heart for that, you know, broken, yeah. abandoned creatures. Astray. Um, but when That's she right, meets yes. him, she, it's it's a totally different scenario because she thinks is he's an alien, and isn't her line something like "Yes, that he I is not an alien." They would pick me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I thought that was a really random line. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What?" But but, but very revealing about her character. <laughs> yeah, she's just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. Goes out and stares at the stars. She's man. a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> with her dog on the roof and barely mentions that her food truck business was pretty much destroyed throughout all this oh yes <laughs> there goes all my supplies out the back of the, like, oh, the van that the robot head. stole <laughs> well at least steve gutenberg has a 40 acre ranch for them to go live on after knowing each other for two days yes. <laughs> two days <Yeah>. it's very <laughs> convenient <laughs> Some of that 80s magic is at play here. <laughs> well, you never leave the lab. You can save money, I guess. <laughs> is he not physically allowed to leave the lab? Because he seemed like he hasn't physically left the lab in like five years. I think that was more by choice. I think so, but still. I mean, <laughs> and, now, and now he's cool with, you know, 40-acre <laughs> ranch. Let's go to Montana. Yes. Some lady he just met. Mystery lady. Wasn't the joke about him not having Sentient left so robot. long that he had forgotten how to drive? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And Ben has to tell him um, there, there's uh, headlights that people are liking to use at night. 
You might want to turn that on. <laughs> invention. Also, why didn't why didn't the CEO guy just fire the military guy earlier in the movie? You know, when that's a very strange moment to me that they want to like give uh, give the CEO this like a uh, bit of redemption by just firing uh, the security guy out of nowhere. That guy was head of security. He wasn't part of the military. I think so. At least some kind of contact. With he him, seemed but... like he definitely was because he could have been some kind of ex-military. Um, or that's usually, just the way uh, Mr. May, Bailey always plays training, his characters. Perhaps. <laughs> At some sort of academy, maybe. Yeah, ah. <laughs> yeah perhaps oh, an academy. So I was more concerned with the with the chain of command that had been established uh, between the military, the the company that the military hired, and then the company's apparent ability to fire the military from the project that they hired them <laughs> for. So, <laughs> did anyone else notice that the uh, lasers sounded just like the Ghostbuster proton packs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Had that. It, it was it not the same sound. I mean, no, it had to be, was. right? I kept thinking, "What is that sound?" And then I finally got it. And I'm like, "That's the proton pack firing up," <laughs> which is what two years prior. So yeah, yeah, they would they could have reused that sound. Those lasers were pretty destructive, though. Too like they they had some power <laughs> behind them. Yeah, Lemurdor, you are you are right. The lasers were either completely destructive or barely did anything depending on what the story and script needed them to do. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're set to thought, stun or not. Yeah. I thought the opening demonstration was a little one-sided too. If you had given those tanks lasers, they probably would have won. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, look, we ultimately have five robots. The, uh, the, the, the protection should have been just, just the hardware and <laughs> yeah and the weapon systems <laughs> you know, robots you definitely robot could not be blown apart by missiles or easily. or easily thwarted with mud as we saw later what the, the military <laughs> guy like he he said what their plan that they would drop the robots in and they could hide until after the first strike or something like that uh-huh unless one of them gets hit by lightning yeah. I wonder if short circuit <laughs> or there's two, mud. <laughs> if only if short circuit two, imagine if it were like number five invading Iraq. <laughs> Wasn't it number five invading a, a big city? Yeah, it was him in a mall, wasn't it? Or something He's like that. In the big city. <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of much like Babe and Babe Two. It's mm. Johnny Five. Oh, and the, the, the sequel, the you city. always go to a big city. Gremlins oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Gremlins. <laughs> that's just what you do standard industry practice just the right <laughs> i want to go back and watch now after watching this i want to watch the second movie but i also want to go back and watch some more movies around this time like there was short circuit there was um suburban commando which also had the ceo guy i think in it or oh, well, suburban I, commando i think oh, i'm dear. thinking of christopher lloyd christopher lloyd was in it i know for sure Christopher yes. Lloyd was in Suburban Commando. That he um, was. But there was a lot of movies like this. Yeah, someone else. When, when What's I his was, name? When I was trying to, to think of this movie <laughs> and and remember what it was about, like I kept getting it 
confused with things like uh like flight of the navigator and uh -huh. um uh, like like other other movies like that <laughs> you know the, the last starfighter i think flight of the navigator was another one that came out around the same time that had a similar theme of a kid and a some kind of included uh ai thing making friends with, yeah what was the one where paul rubens played the voice i don't know paul rubens did the voice for one of those one, one of those little robot thing movie things i want to say it was like alfie or something was the robot i don't know. I remember that alfie was it an alfie. alien uh, i think it was some kind of a robot thing i don't know hmm. so johnny five has a uh, parachute that you know instead of using like his internal programming to activate he has to flip a switch yes <laughs> so i just thought it was very like a, a very inspector gadget kind of a thing where instead of it. just instead of inspector gadget just having like a like a spy camera somewhere he's he's got a hand that comes out of his hat with the that's holding a camera yes <laughs> i wonder if there's any link between the uh the uh tech company from short circuit and the uh all the terminator stuff this seems a little too close to me that oh obviously maybe, maybe uh johnny five was a version one model of the uh the terminator oh 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 okay <laughs> i can build on that and the original okay oh, so nice <laughs> uh okay so the writers of this movie from what i've read would agree with you that lightning is a stupid way to bring him to life. <laughs> but everything else they came up with was just a little bit too complicated or possibly too uh, gory for a family movie. I think their too original gory. idea was to put a human brain inside of the robots uh, oh, to make man. him like a cyborg type thing. But they thought that would be a bit too much <laughs> for a family movie. So they saved that for Psycho Gorman. So their next idea, <laughs> what they moved on to, was that aliens would come down to Earth and zap the robots, sure. which would bring him to life. But this became a much too complicated, you know, side plot. And they thought hmm. they thought they really didn't want people to think too much about why he came to life, just that he was alive. And eventually, they're like, "Screw it, just hit him with lightning." Jeez. Yeah, just zap him with lightning. <laughs> 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 thinking we're thinking too much about this give him a magical <laughs> like, lightning power he, he comes yeah. alive okay He's Get, alive. move on with the story <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I consulted the source of all knowledge and paul rubens yes. is the voice of max for flight of the navigator oh, oh okay okay he's also the voice of rx24 for star tours and all right <laughs> In Disneyland. How did I never know that? Locke <laughs> in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, knew that. He has one. he has a huge voice was, acting career. What I, I saw that I disturbed me is he's in Minecraft story mode. <laughs> he is. is he really? Also, he also like, has done a lot of uh, voices for Scooby Doo. Uh, he uh. was he did voices for the Smurfs, uh, the, sure, the, okay. the more recent movies. Yeah, all all kinds of stuff. Huh. I I I have a bit of Paul Rubens uh, 
that I recently picked up. Um, I watched an interview with him and they were uh, primarily discussing his career as Pee Wee because, you know, what else are you going to talk about? Sure. Um, sure. And the guy was very interested in like when he asked him when he decided that the Pee Wee character would become something that uh, he would, uh, you know, absorb himself. You know, he didn't want to appear as like Paul Rubens as Pee Wee. Pee Wee was a character, just kind of like you know how they they they've done the Muppets. Yes. And he said that was pretty much just from the beginning. Like when he did his first show, he was billed as Pee Wee. When he did the movies, he was billed as Pee Wee. It was just it was natural for him to uh, to just be the character, and that he says. It was even um, he even he would never allow himself to be photographed outside of costume. He goes until that one time. Oh, my gosh. I love he got such a huge laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that uh, one of his first movies, I guess, after that situation was um, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And that part of his uh, his deal with accepting that character, what first of all, they just offered it to him. Um, so it's not like there was a big contract negotiation, but he wanted the character to appear as much like his mugshot as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> you know, I think I have a new appreciation for Paul Rubens. Yeah. <laughs> I've, always, I've always, I've always liked him, but he's a strange character. Yes, uh, he is. He has a strange character, and I, <laughs> I, I find no fault in in being strange. <laughs> yeah, I just Unless it's in certain public shot, spaces. <laughs> You want oh, to see another weird, the mug weird uh, mugshot? Look up the um, mugshot. Yeah. Tim Allen's mugshot with the mustache. Now you got to wow. compare it to his his character, his vampire character from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, yeah, he looks like they a did a pretty good job. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, if you're gonna get caught with your with your stuff out, make it in an X-rated theater. Why not? <laughs> It it, it almost seems to be what was expected. Yes. Like Pee Wee. Oh well, yeah. No, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) He did what? Oh yeah. Okay. The guy with the puppet shirt. What? That's gross. Where? Oh. Oh Oh. right. (laughs) Um, I just want to say, you know, though, that Pee Wee's Playhouse holds up. Okay. Oh yeah, it does. I agree. Absolutely. Claymation puppets. Genius. It's great. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is fantastic. Not so much the second film. I did love yeah. the beginning of the movie Big where he, great, uh, though. the whole ro- robotic thing he had set up to fix breakfast. That's one of my favorite parts. Of the well, that's fantastic. <laughs> Big yes. Adventure was uh, was done by Tim Burton, wasn't it? Yes. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like I had seen something once that that, that movie is often taught in uh, film writing classes. Because it follows the traditional structure so well, and and I had seen something where Paul Rubens talking about that. He's just like, I didn't know how to write a movie, so I literally just <laughs> got a book, looked it up, and just followed it to a T. 
Well, yeah, there's like an old classic guide on screenwriting, and, and yes, he says he it. just he literally just wrote in every step. He was like, oh, and had to do that. You have to be searching for something. <laughs> so he mapped it exactly to like the traditional plot trajectory. He's like, and it's a 90 minute movie and it's a 90 page script. <laughs> it works. It works great. I believe he wrote that with Phil Hartman. Who was who was part of the original stage show, the original um, Pee Wee's Playhouse or whatever it was called. I did not know that. Okay, that is cool. Oh, Oh, have you never seen it? Hartman. You can find the original stage show on YouTube. It's about an hour long. I have not seen that. You may remember him from such appearances. (laughs) It's a little more adult than Pee Wee's Playhouse, Um, but it's it's just as funny. I read somewhere that when did this turn into a peewee episode? <laughs> we started talking talking about Paul Rubens. Since we lost interest in short circuit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I read somewhere. What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> about Phil Hartman and Paul Rubens. Phil oh, Hartman in the original show. show. I read or I heard somewhere that um, after he had done the movie or somewhere during the production, somewhere between the production and the premiere of the movie, um, he was approached about doing a cartoon for the network that would, that would eventually do Pee-wee's Playhouse. And he's like, you know what? I think I'd rather do like, uh, like a live show where, you know, it's, it's Pee-wee and the kids. And cause he was thinking about his stage show and it had been recorded and he was like, I've already got a pilot ready to go. <laughs> and it turns out they didn't even want to watch the pilot they were like yeah whatever we'll, we'll take it oh <laughs> yeah so i was looking up the uh the plot for short circuit 2 and i knew there was something about that movie that stuck with me so he ends up um ben is scrambling to like sell orders with basically toys i think of johnny five or something like that. yeah and i remember, yeah, I remember that I remember watching uh, the short circuit movies and then being disappointed there was no uh, Johnny Five action figures anywhere in the toy stores. <laughs> Which made me, I think, equally excited when Wally came out and there was. There was I have decided there. that I need one now. I need uh, a NECA or someone <laughs> to make me a Johnny Five. It has, it has that Wally, you know, Wally has that look. I don't know where Rob, the Rob robot for Nintendo. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that was pre or post Johnny Five, but that has a certain. Didn't mm-hmm. the Rob robot come out with the original Nintendo? Yes. Like you could buy that as like a package thing. So yeah, maybe it was. It, maybe it Nintendo come out in 85, 84, yeah, 85, something pre-date. like that. I think it may predate it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, by a little bit. What I had the, to go look. You're so right about Phil Hartman writing on Pee-wee's Big Adventure. What was the robot? Like that's a deep the cut movie. right there. That's when good. It, oh, he, man. He, he's got There's a cameo a... at the end of the movie. Amazing. Um, he, that he he interviews Pee-wee. Um, well, where they're, they're at the premiere, uh, the drive-in, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would they actually have the movie at the end? Sorry, I was looking at the cast for Short Circuit Two, and you mentioned the the guy playing Johnny Five. What's <laughs> the voice of Doug the of the Pug from Men in Black? Yeah, they yeah. Showing the cast pictures. It's got like Fisher Stevens and, and everybody else. And then for Johnny Five, it's showing the picture of the dog in the suit instead of that. 
<laughs> if you're a fan of the show, you might want to go update your IMDb page. <laughs> Voice actors always get the shaft. They do. Don't they? And they're so good. Was it um I wish I were talented oh, so I could be one. Who's the famous voice actor who played Ren and Stimpy and uh oh what's his name? He was Fry okay. on Futurama. Oh Billy no. West. Billy yeah, West. Billy there West. you go. Yeah. He was talking about uh the premiere of Space Jam and how he and the other voice actors were uh they had to watch the movie in a like a uh, a building across the street. <laughs> oh, lame. <laughs> they were oh, not invited to the premiere like, excuse of the movie me, do they you, started. Do you well, play uh, Do you play professional basketball? I'm sorry, you're going to have to go to the warehouse across. I think the that's the same. Are you talking about the <laughs> new movie or the McDonald's. old movie? The, uh, the original. Because the original. The ori- Billy West played, okay, I think, that's what both I thought. Bugs and Daffy in the original. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's been some that's right. sa- a similar situation now to where they've... Uh, like they put out some of the movie posters and they list the actual actors, you know, on the character posters, except for the character posters. They're just putting uh, like Bugs or Daffy and, and their names instead of the, the voice actors, the people that were playing them. Uh, Are you so talking about the new movie? The new one. Yeah. Oh, they did that in the original as well. It was yeah. it was like it was another like Muppet thing where you didn't where Bugs is supposed to be the yeah. actor and, uh, and not the voice behind him. Now, does that work the same when when your voice actor is Zendaya? That's not, that's what I'm getting at. Is like they'll put the voice actors if they're say a famous actor, but not and Jonathan known Taylor for Thomas as Sim- other than a, anything other than voice actor. Yeah. You know, but it was it was Dee Bradley Baker who did uh, Daffy Duck in Space Jam. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Who also voices the clones in Attack of oh. the Clones and The Bad Batch? Star Wars. Uh, voice acting is fascinating to me. Anyway, it is to me too. Show. I, we could do a I whole guess. show on voice acting sometimes. I think we, should. we definitely should. Because I, I, I find can't it believe they had them watch the movie at a warehouse, you know, like <laughs> the movie at a building across the street. And they walk not, in the theater. There's like, there's not any the seats premiere. in here. You can stand. Oh, that sucks. And you'll like it. <laughs> and there's no air conditioning. Oh, man. Really like, don't you know so who amazing. I am? And everyone goes, no. No, we Didn't don't. Didn't you guys see him at a convention once? Didn't you see Billy West at a convention once? Yes. I uh, met, uh, we met Billy West and Rob. Is it Paulson? I always say his name wrong. Okay. We were talking about that, uh, Lumber Door, and at how um, convention. I thought we maybe offended Billy West because oh, probably. We, we had been waiting... <laughs> We we had been waiting to uh, meet Rob Paulson like yeah. the entire day, Uh-oh. and he just he like hadn't been at his table. And then we decide to go to a panel with Billy West as the the like featured speaker. Uh-huh. And so we get there, and we're in these seats like pretty up front. And um, it was maybe what like five minutes into the thing, he's starting to tell a story, and somebody sent you a text. I think that Paul had gotten back to his table. <laughs> and so we were like, uh, because we were going to have to leave um, not not that long after. Yeah. And so we had to get up in the middle of Billy West's story. <laughs> and I could, I could hear him kind of like, okay, okay, bye guys. <laughs> oh dear. Well, then we ended uh, up ending on a panel with both of them as well, which was hilarious because they did I, like I every enjoyed- voice. 
I enjoyed talking to Rob though. Yeah, he was he was really neat. I think hold him Paul just a second ago, but it was Rob. Rob Paulson. Paulson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, is that it for short circuit? Is I that think all we so. got? <laughs> okay. Now we're just shooting the bull. Yeah. Let me make sure. Um man, man, I want a con to come back here. I do. I have never been to a con. I'm a failure. Oh, they're fun. Oh, cons are As a fun. nerd. They're awful. Could I find a woman there? That's all I need. They're, oh, you they can are find awful them. also. <laughs> they're, they're both <laughs> terrible and glorious at the same time. Oh, cool. Cool. There was Cons a con going on where I, where I went a few weeks ago, and we went somewhere to get breakfast, and there were people dressed like Batman. And I was like, there nice. must be a con going on around here. Or this is a really weird town. Even though I'm not like a <laughs> cosplay guy, you know, and I, I don't like really participate in anything i uh i realized i sort of had a thing going when i i passed by one of the uh the like the tennessee ghostbuster you know those guys yeah. uh their their table and one of them goes hey turtle guy <laughs> <laughs> and you're like yes you didn't look around like, <laughs> <laughs> he means me I don't know if someone calls me by my real name. (laughs) (laughs) Someone who understands me. Who are the Tennessee Ghostbuster guys? What the frick is this? They they are... uh, They're like an organization. They they cosplay, they they dress up, they have, you know, semi-authentic equipment. Some of them have fixed up their cars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so, so they're not so like it's like the the five hundred and first for yeah. I'm not talking about like a paranormal investigation okay. organization. So they're like the Ghostbusters at the beginning of Ghostbusters mm-hmm. too. Yes, <laughs> they're going to birthday parties. <laughs> but there is basically a group of them in every city that is in the um the Ghost Ghostbusters documentary that's on Netflix or what? whatever. Yeah, there's like oh, that's rad. There's a uh, Ghostbuster. Whatever the group is called, but there's basically a group in every major city in the U.S. What am I doing with my life? What am I doing? I have learned so much in this conversation. (laughs) I have learned so much today about Phil Hartman. I did not expect to learn so much when discussing short circuit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just in doing the short circuit research, I I just remembered my favorite um, quote from the movie, which is when he's insulting the other robots. It's like we need more, we need more short circuit. Yeah, I'm just trying to throw stuff out here, (laughs) and it's uh, it's when he's he's yelling at the robots, he's making into three stews, and he's like, "Hey, laser lips, your mama was a snowblower." That that always cracks me up because I always Uh, forget about that line. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) That's it. That's all my knowledge. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. <laughs>